We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We are brought to you by new sponsor, Bet Online. I'm Ricky. I'm here with Jason Pat, as always. We know that the Chicago Bulls have to be loving their lot in life, Jason, right now, because they decided to do absolutely nothing at the trade deadline. I guess that means everything is going really well. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally well. Uh, like you said, they did nothing. John Paxson talked about it. Uh, and I guess actually he didn't say, he said things weren't going well because it's like his whole thing was, we don't know what we have. It was like the whole, that was basically like the whole like theme of his, of his uh, press conference before the Bulls lost. They, the Bulls actually did have another game last night right after the trade deadline. They, they lost by six points to the New Orleans Pelicans. They were down by like 30 at one point. Adam Akoka went crazy in like the last four minutes. And they had a big comeback, a fake rally, and then Cristiano Felicio blew their backdoor cover. No one cares about that game because the Bulls got absolutely trounced. We're here to talk about the trade deadline where the Bulls did nothing. And John Paxson talked about it, as I said. And again, his whole thing was, we don't know what we have. He did the whole injury thing again. Well, we've had another disjointed year with injuries, so we weren't really going to make any big moves. Which, I mean, fine. Like, we went in, when we talked about the trade deadline before... Uh, before that, it actually happened. Like I wasn't really expecting much in terms of like the core guys, like Zach, Lowry, Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, and uh, Paxson brought up those guys. Like, well, we're not gonna trade in those guys because we don't know what we have. I mean, whatever. He talked about how they got some calls on Zach Levine, and the reports before the trade deadline were that uh, that they weren't going to trade him, that they weren't really had had no interest in doing that. And obviously, there were really there was like no buzz around like any Bulls players. The things we thought, maybe they'd trade Thaddeus Young, maybe they'd trade Denzel Valentine. Well, the Clippers, who were supposedly interested in Thaddeus Young, they were zeroed in on Marcus Morris. They got Marcus Morris, so that basically knocked them out of Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young thing. And then Denzel Valentine, the Sixers were supposedly after him. They traded for Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks from the Warriors, so that was basically done on Wednesday night, so Valentine was out. I guess the Grizzlies were also mentioned. 
the Grizzlies have gotten the whole Andre Godala, Miami Heat, Minnesota Timberwolves thing. So that was out. There was just like no other buzz. There was, I think KC put out a tweet like 10 minutes before. And he was just like, oh, no Bulls, no Bulls action here as the trade line approaches. And just like the whole time, literally like no Bulls buzz. There was so, just like nothing. It just, and it was just kind of indicative of just like this whole, just kind of this whole season. Like a lifeless status quo Bulls season goes into a lifeless status quo trade deadline. Like again, I wasn't expecting that much to begin with. I still thought they'd maybe at least trade Denzel. Maybe they'd trade Thad Young. Maybe there would be some other smallish move. But it ended up being totally nothing. Mark wrote a good column at Blogable yesterday, just like how they needed to do something, whether it's trade something for an asset or two, or if, they, or they, if they're serious about this, this supposed playoff push that they're still technically in because the Orlando Magic suck. The Bulls are three and a half games back despite being 19 and 34 or whatever they are now. They didn't make a move to get better either. They just kind of sat there. They did nothing, absolutely nothing to, to sell. They did nothing to maybe help a playoff push. They're just basically banking on their guys coming back because they don't know what they have with these guys. So they'll, they'll allegedly, like Lowry, Wendell, Otto Porter will be back by the end of the month. And then they'll be able to figure out what they have then. Even though, which Zach Levine pointed out, after the Pelicans game, I think Cody Westerland asked, or somebody asked, you know, like, what, do you guys just like, are you guys too injured right now? And Zach was like, well, we had guys at the beginning of the year and we sucked then too. So it's like, the Bulls just kind of suck. Yeah, I love Zach's honesty. They also asked him about, you know, the late comeback the Bulls made behind Makoka last night. And he's like, yeah, well, to be honest, we got our ass whooped. So <laughs> Zach Levine for player coach. Fire Bo- Boylan's broke ass right now. At least Zach tells it like it is. Meanwhile, Boylan thinks everything's great. Apparently the front office does too because they didn't do shit at the trade deadline. Here's the exact quote from John Paxson, who met with the media right before the Bulls played the Pelicans. He said, quote, we weren't going to trade Zach, Lowry, Wendell, and Kobe because we don't know what we have yet. And we need to see. We've known that all year long. Well, uh, I was going to look up the records that the Bulls had, Jason, uh, when everyone was healthy. But fortunately, friend of the program, Will Gottlieb, yes. did it for me. Uh, he tweeted, the Bulls were 3-6 and six before Otto went down, 13-24 and 24 before Wendell went down, 17-29 and 29 before Lowry went down, and 19-32 and 32 before Chris Dunn went down. So... If you followed this bowl season from the start, you know that they've been trashed since day one. Since that opening game against the Hornets, everyone thought that was going to be an easy victory, a good way to build momentum heading into the season. They blew that game, and since then, the season's been a disaster. So, John Paxson, you need to fucking figure out what you have on this team because it should not take you, you know, multiple seasons to realize that you can't evaluate talent and that this young core isn't good enough. We heard the same thing, Jason, for the last few years, whether it was about Jerry and Grant, whether it was about Cameron Payne. Uh, I remember, you know, them saying these same things about these broke players before. How many years did they need to evaluate Cameron Payne before they realized he wasn't an NBA player? Uh, There was an anonymous quote in the Chicago Sun-Times a couple years ago on Cameron Payne where a player who I think we all know is Jimmy Butler, considering it came from Joe Cowley, but... Uh, the quote said, we knew the second practice after he was acquired that he couldn't play at the NBA level. The only reason it took two practices was because we thought maybe it was nerves in the first one. Any coach who says differently is lying. So that's coming from a player's mouth about campaign. Meanwhile, when Paxson is talking to the media after the season, he's like, well, we don't know what we have. So all these injuries should just be more damning on Paxson, but instead he uses them as a cover. He's like, 
well, we don't really know how good we are because we've been hurt. I guess it's not my fault. Meanwhile, you get hurt every fucking year. You never change the training staff. You promise that if guys work out in the building that everyone's going to stay healthy. The reasoning and logic behind that statement never made sense, but it happened this summer, Jason. The Bulls were in the building. They were working out in the area, and guess what? The whole goddamn team got hurt. So, Paxton, you are so full of shit. I cannot believe that this guy still is employed and is still getting a free pass uh, from too many people who follow the team because this is just straight-up fucking garbage, and Bulls fans (laughs) should be pissed about this. And it sure seemed like, I mean, just last night, there was a lot of frustration on Twitter just after the trade deadline as nothing was happening. Uh, I feel like just the, the app, I mean, and then the frustration is going to keep just turning to apathy. Just like, just no one cares. I guess I said there was like no buzz around the Bulls, like in general, the rumors. There's just no buzz around the Bulls, like at all, just like in general at all. Just like no one cares about the Bulls. Like I was watching TNT last night, like the halftime show inside the NBA and like, Remember when the Bulls, the whole TNT Bulls, and they used to be on TNT all the time on national TV, and they had the whole winning streak. It's like, this is the first time I've seen the Bulls mentioned on, like, one of these shows in a long time. And it was just basically to get to clown on them. Barkley was, I think Charles Barkley said something like, oh, Michael Jordan's turning over in his grave. Scotty Pippen turned over in his grave watching this watching this Bulls team. Now, because the Bulls are, they're totally irrelevant. They were totally irrelevant to this trade deadline. They're basically totally irrelevant in the whole, like, national landscape outside of, Zach Levine's like some of his crazy games, and obviously he'll be doing the three-point contest at the All-Star game. But like, they're just, they're just completely irrelevant. And so it was like again, it was totally fitting that they were irrelevant during this trade line, deadline. They did nothing. Again, I was not expecting anything huge. I mean, sometimes there are surprises. They surprised us with the Otto Porter trade last year, but this year just I mean, just totally nothing. Like you telling me you couldn't have traded Denzel Valentine for something. Not that that's gonna change anything. Again, I think some of this frustration of them doing nothing during this trade deadline is just a cumulative frustration of the season being awful of this rebuild going nowhere so the fact that they did nothing just just adds on top of it because like obviously Paxson did bring up how like well like people talk like we talked to people about Denzel like we talked to people about Thad Young but like we're not going to just trade these guys just to trade them I mean there is some logic there like you don't want to just trade Thad Young for nothing we talked about like if there's nothing really presents itself with Thad Young you could still trade him in the offseason Trade him next year, whatever. But I just feel like the fact that he didn't do anything, just nothing, again, just like it just adds to the frustration about just this whole season in general. Because here they sit, 19 and 34, in a year where they talked a big game about making the playoffs, and it certainly looks like that's not going to happen, even if they're technically still in this race. And it's just, it's just a mess. It's just, it's boring. It's boring. Like I've been bored by this team now again. Like this is a couple years in a row where we thought. Hey, maybe this team would be a bit of fun. Maybe they'd they'd take a step forward. They'd be entertaining. And again, this year, like finding myself midway through the season, just not, just not caring at all. And it's just a complete bummer. Like I, it's it's brutal. It's just not fun as a fan at all. Yeah, and we said on this podcast last week, the episode before this one, that the Bulls should sell, 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 sell. Yeah. And like Mark wrote, like they did state at the beginning of the season that they were trying to make the playoffs. You are currently in ninth place in the conference. So, okay, then buy, do something. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just sit on your ass and do nothing, which is of course what the Bulls did. Uh, so I thought that was totally pathetic. And, you know, look at the Knicks, like the Knicks flipped their free agent signing. Marcus Morris got a first round pick back from the Clippers you know, perhaps the Clippers preferred Marcus Morris to Thad Young, but, you know, Thad Young, in my opinion, is a better player than Marcus Morris, uh, just in a vacuum. So I think there were definitely 
an opportunity or two out there the Bulls could have taken advantage of. They didn't do it because they probably don't want the extra pressure to have to, like, scout more than, like, the three guys they typically scout every year. And because they're just fucking lazy. So uh, I think that Bulls fans deserve to be frustrated that the Bulls didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Just choose a lane. Of course, the Bulls don't choose a lane. Now we're going to be hearing all this same goddamn garbage at the end of the season about how we don't know what we have. Well, guess what, guys? You were healthy for most of the season and you sucked ass. That's the truth of the matter. Part of the reason that has happened is because you have unquestionably the the worst coach in the NBA. Jason, I don't know who the second worst coach in the NBA is, but Jim Boylan's definitely the worst. And I got to pull up his quotes from this week about helping Zach Levine in the three-point <laughs> contest. contest. This made me lose my mind. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. These are from Casey Johnson. I'm going to read them verbatim. He's This is a series of three tweets. First one starts out like this. Jim Boylan said he's excited for Zach Levine to participate in the three-point shootout, and Boylan has offered to help him with pointers he has gleaned from coaching other players who participated in the event in the past. Boylan, quote, I talked to our equipment guy three weeks ago and had him order the same ball racks they use. Where do you put your money balls? What side do you grab the ball from? There's a lot to it. What side of the floor do you line up on? Boylan. I was with Bellinelli when he won it, so I was part of that preparation with him. Zach has his own feel. He's already a terrific shooter, so we'll just support him like we would anywhere else. Boylan, you aren't going to do shit to help Zach Levine win this three-point contest, A. B, the fact that the Bulls are like putting their self-worth in Zach Levine competing in the three-point contest is the most pathetic shit in the entire world. The Bulls, like, desperately want Zach Levine to win this three-point contest so Paxson can mention it at the end of the year press conference after they've again finished with the seventh pick in the draft and the entire organization should be in flames but will once again remain intact. Just total garbage. Boylan, you're a clown. Uh, someone, had, uh, someone had a hilarious tweet where Boylan's advice to Zach Levine is going to be taking a timeout before the third rack. <laughs> Loved that. Also, I saw someone else tweet that... Uh, if, you know, Zach really wanted to win over the fans, he should have done the dunk contest and just dunked over Boylan every single time down. That would have got automatic 50s from every judge, raucous applause from the United Center crowd. That would have been hilarious. So, uh, Boylan, he's a clown. I think we see it every week. There's always another example of, like, a stupid timeout that he's taking that pisses people off or just a buffoon quote. Uh, you know, I'm going to point to last night's game against the Pelicans when the Bulls were, like, pretty much in it through three quarters, and then third quarter meltdown right on cue, just like every single goddamn game. Bulls outscored 31-19 to in the third quarter against New Orleans. This has been a theme the entire year, Jason. The Bulls right now are the fifth worst team in the NBA in third quarters. Their net rating in third quarters is negative 7.5. If you look at the first quarter, they're only negative one point per 100 possessions, and they actually are winning second quarters, but they just get blown out in the third. Clearly, that's because teams are going into the halftime break. They're looking at what Boylan's doing. They're making easy adjustments, which is basically realizing with a couple smart passes, they can either get a corner three or a shot at the rim every single time down against this trapping Bulls defense. It's absolutely ridiculous, and uh, I just don't see 
how anyone can defend the continued employment of Jim Boylan. John Paxton should be absolutely ashamed of himself for saying this team could make the playoffs at the start of the season, for realizing he employs the worst coach in the NBA, and for doing fucking nothing about it as this season has slipped out of his hands. Before I respond to that, uh, we're going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. You missed your chance to bet on Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl. If you're not a listener, Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl in 2021. So head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Signed up, super easy, and you're already making wagers, and it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. So bring your best bets home with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and we're back. Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, talking about the Bulls doing absolutely nothing at the trade deadline. And we were talking about Jim Boylan and just him being the coach. And you mentioned the Zach Levine three-point contest. So just first of all, Zach Levine just looks been looking absolutely miserable lately on the bench. There was another. Stefano again caught him and Chandler Hardison just kind of like staring into space, into oblivion on the bench during in the fourth quarter. Just, just really sad to watch. I, like, I, I kind of hope Zach does win the three-point contest just to, like, give him some joy, but I also don't because the Bulls don't deserve any anything good here. Uh, you mentioned the, and the third quarter stuff has been also bad. I think part of that is also the Bulls, teams probably just come in and don't take the Bulls seriously, and then they realize, oh, we actually have to, like, play here in the second half, and then they just blow them out, and it just happens. I think the adjustment thing is also a thing. And you talk about J- J- John Paxson being, like, a big Jim Boylan stand and just being a fan and continuing to employ him and continuing to defend him, he did. He did address Jim Boylan yesterday during his his little uh, scrum with the media before the Pelicans game. And here is what he said. This is again for uh, per Casey Johnson uh, on how Jim Boylan has fared with widespread injuries. It's always hard for a coach. I think you guys have been around Jim enough to know that he's a very positive guy. He keeps trying to grind it out. One thing I do admire is he doesn't quit on these guys. He looks at them and he believes in them. Hey, in this league, every team faces injury. Yeah, true. We're not the only ones. That's why we have a 15-man roster. But Jim handles it very well. He's trying to coach these guys and try to get them better. I must say that I really did have to laugh at Paxson uh, uh, basically saying or uh, saying nice things about Boylan or saying he admires him because he doesn't quit on these guys. I sure as hell hope he doesn't quit on these guys. He's the damn coach. Like, if, like is that supposed to be some type of like real positive spin here that I'm supposed to be impressed that Jim Boylan hasn't quit on his players? Like, Stop right there. Like, I wish Jim Boylan would quit on his players. That would be great. Just quit, Jim Boylan. You're terrible. Your boss won't fire you. I would say that's my biggest problem with Jim Boylan to this point, Jason, is that he hasn't quit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna keep doing it. He's gonna keep doing his same old press conferences. And he likes how he battled, but he's gonna do his old thing. He's gonna keep grinding out. We're gonna he's win gonna the keep... first quarter, Jason. We're gonna win that first quarter. He's gonna keep punching that clock. Hey, they they won like the first five minutes last night. I think they were up by like four or five points after five minutes, and then they promptly got bl- and and then they won and then they won the last five minutes by like going on like a twenty three to four run or something. So love how they battled. They stayed close. They almost covered. I mean, how how can how can you complain about that? Just great, great, great job. Yeah, I mean, the whole, I mean, I will reluctantly give Boylan, like, the tiniest bit of credit for it. The Bulls usually don't, they do, they have battled decently hard. They usually, they haven't really, like, totally quit in games, even though they've been undermanned. 
They, their defense did as gimmicky as it is. Like they were decent at one point. They've obviously taken a huge step back now that Dunn and Carter are out. We've seen how much they kind of just uh, anchored that whole thing. They've just been absolutely awful lately. So like I will give the the smallest of credit to Jim Boylan for getting them to play decent defense, borderline elite defense for some part of the year against bad teams. But we've seen when they play good teams, when teams actually try, uh, it's basically a joke. So like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it just – I guess just like looking forward now, just like where, just like where do the Bulls go from here? Just where, they're gonna play out this, the rest of the season. Uh, they're good. They're gonna get their guys back to find out more with what they ha- with what they have. And like, I mean, more guys might get hurt anyways. Like, I know again, Stefano wrote an article before the deadline about how they should trade Thad Young and how they should tank the season. And like, I mean, that might just happen anyways because. They got the Sixers coming up on the road. The Sixers are 22 and 2 at home. I know they've been off on the road. They're on, they're kind of in a rut right now. But at home, they're 22 and 2. They play them on Sunday. That's probably a loss. And then they finish up before the All Star break at Washington, which the Bulls should have lost in Washington earlier this year. They were close uh, in the other game at the United Center. So, I mean, that's a losable game as well as crappy as the Wizards are. So like, and then after that, they they have a relatively easy stretch coming out of the break. But then like from March to the end of the season, it's like all playoff teams. So like. Even if guys come back from injuries, they're not going to be coming back, like, totally 100%. More guys could get hurt. Like, it's probably just going to be a bunch of losses. Like, they'll probably end up with – they'll flirt with, like, 30 wins, and it, it'll just be another lost season. So, it's just like, where do they go from here? I don't I don't really know. Paxson – they did ask Paxson about, like, the tw- the, the 2021 plan and having max, cal- max salary space. And he – I mean, he kind of addressed it. He's, and th- here's just, the, I guess, the quote on that. That's down the road, too. We're going to focus again on the rest of this year and finding out what we got. We'll get it in the draft and all those types of things. You can position yourself for anything, but you never know what the reality is going to be. I don't think we've ever said we're banking on anything. We have said is that we're trying to put together a very competitive team that you would hope players would want to come play for. Right now, we're not where we want to be in that regard, and that's an honest answer, which I guess is absolutely true. They're certainly not anywhere close to they want to be. I don't know why any good, good, actually legitimately good player would want to come here because they're just, they're just kind of directionless right now. They were supposed, supposed to take a big step forward this year. year. They, they didn't. didn't. Who knows? They don't. They don't, they, they, they say they don't know what we have. Well, that's not good at all. When you're look, looking forward in year three of a rebuild, so it's just like where where do we go from here, Ricky? Just where the hell do they go from here? Like, do you think if they if they this season keeps going as it is, do you think there are any changes in the front office? There have been rumors that they might bring in an outside name, but Paxton will stick around and Gar Foreman will get another title. Like that. I mean, that doesn't do anything either. Like, I feel like the only at this point we're at another point where we have to hope that they just completely fall apart and maybe and maybe. With fan apathy and fan frustration, that that gets them the, the uh, gets ownership to change something. But like, I don't know. What, yeah, like, where K- do we go from here? Casey Johnson did mention that in his mailbag this week that yeah. he believes the Bulls will do some front office reshuffling this offseason while keeping Paxson on. Now, to me, that means giving Paxson the Kenny Williams treatment, basically right. elevating him out of the player personnel role, keeping him around. Ultimately, I would welcome that just because uh, they need someone else in there. And God, I hope that that person has, you know, top decision-making power. But don't forget, Jason, they've given Paxson the Kenny Williams treatment before. They did it when they made Gar the GM. And then that blew up in their face. Instead of hiring someone else, they decided to just make Paxson the front-facing guy again. So that was stupid, but yeah, Bulls definitely like take all of the power away from John Paxson. That could be the best thing you would do. And then Jason, you're asking like, what else do we have to look forward to? What else do we have to track the rest of the season? Bro, there's only one thing. 
will the Bulls get the seventh pick again? <laughs> right now, they're eighth. If the if the lottery started today, oh they would be eighth in the lottery standings. We want the seventh pick because it would be funny and everyone should feel <laughs> a lot of shame and embarrassment for it. So give me the seventh pick only because I would hope that everyone would get fired for it. Uh, that's basically the only thing we have to look forward to the rest of the season. And then I have been liking Hutchison a little bit. I talked about that on the podcast last week. He had another pretty nice game against the Pelicans last night. And then Makoka Mania. I mean, yeah. why not? Running wild. Might as well get Makoka some serious minutes uh, the rest of the season. I've been talking to some draft Twitter guys about him, and they all really liked him coming out of the draft. I didn't know much about him as an international prospect out of France. But, yeah, let Makoka run wild. Uh, let Chandler Hutchinson play 30, 35 minutes, split between the three and the four, and uh, let's get that seventh pick because it'll be funny. I guess here's a question. Should they move Kobe White to the starting lineup? I know that's been a lot of chatter. People have been wanting that to happen all year. I mean, Kobe White's been mostly bad. I know he put up some big numbers yesterday. He actually, I think he had like eight or nine assists last night. But like, so after the All-Star break, do you just start Kobe? As I mean, he gets a lot of minutes as is off the bench. As like, I feel like the six-man role has been perfect for him considering just like his, his flaws and what he's good at. It, I mean, he hasn't been that good at it lately in terms of just – providing sometimes the scoring and shooting spark off the bench. Should they just start Kobe over Tomas Sadoransky moving forward after the All-Star game? Where do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. Like, you should have just traded Sadoransky if you could have gotten a late first-rounder for him. I think that then you would have had the opportunity to play Kobe. It's sort of weird because Kobe's been bad, so you're right. going to, like, reward him for sucking. It doesn't really make any sense. Personally, I'm totally apathetic towards it. If they want to start him, I'm fine with it. I mean, the season's over. They're not playing for anything. Uh, if they want to keep bringing him off the bench, that's fine, too. Kobe needs to be better, though, man. Like, yeah. We need to see a De'Aaron Fox-like second-year jump out of him. De'Aaron Fox was terrible as a rookie as well. Kobe's been terrible as a rookie. I went on the NBC Sports Chicago Bulls podcast, Bulls Talk podcast, before the season, and I said that Kobe should not be part of the regular season rotation if the Bulls are actually trying to make the playoffs. I got fucking killed from Bulls fans for saying that, so I'm wrong about so many things. I was right about this one. Kobe could not be a contributor to a winning team this season as a rookie. I still have hope for him in the future, but... Uh, this season has not been all that encouraging for him. So I don't really think he deserves the reward of a starting nod late in the season. But also, why not? Like, there's nothing else to play for. Right, yeah, that's a, that's basically the thing. It's like, why not? And, like, he did help them win a few of those games early in the season. But, yeah, like, since a few of those big games, like that was that Grizzlies game, and obviously that Knicks game, and he's had a couple other really nice games. I think that in that Hornets game where Zach went off, he had a, I think that was his career high game. But, yeah, I mean, since then, it's – He's had a few decent games, but overall, like you look at some like the advanced metrics, and obviously just his his raw shooting percentages. Like he's shooting like 38 percent, so that's not been good. And overall, just I mean, it's been the I mean, it's kind of what I expected from a rookie Kobe White. He was raw. We knew he was raw coming in, especially at the point guard position. And, that, and basically, everything that's kind of happened with his rookie season has come to fruition. He's given some nice, exciting moments, but mostly it's been bad. Uh, and I don't think that should mean like people should give up on him. Like obviously, like you said, you still have some hope for him in the future. Obviously, there are still big question marks about whether he can actually be like a legitimate point guard of the future. Does he actually have those point guard skills to be that type of lead guard? I don't know about that, but I mean, I think he can definitely once he owns in some of his the, sh- the shot selection and decision making that he can at least at the very least be a legitimate six man scorer type. I still think we could definitely have hope for that. And I don't want to totally rule out him being like a legitimate point guard of the future. I don't want to say that he's so young. 
He's still got tons of room to grow, but yeah, I mean, like I said, he's kind of been what I expected. I would have no problem if they decided to start him. Like I said, once you're once you're basically playing for nothing at towards the end of the year, like you might as well. I would just you worry about building some bad habits and and just kind of getting just doing silly stuff. I know again, Stefano, we always we always shout him out because he's always bringing up great points and he's he's been kind of worried. He's pointed out where Kobe has sometimes built some bad habits and they're just kind of letting him run wild, which is which would which could be a reason why you don't want him to just give him that starting job. Like maybe you need to see a little more a little more consistent stretch of play first before you start him. But I mean, on the other hand, again, just why not? Because I mean, just again, it's the apathy the apathy level of it. It's just like you might as well just try something with these young guys because you need to see what they have. That's the whole thing. John Packard's thing is, well, we need to see what we have. We don't know what we have. So I guess if that's the case, I guess you just might as well play Kobe White a ton of minutes so you can see what you got. I got nothing else for this week, man. <laughs> I know it's it uh, it's it's been tough. Again, we've been we've been trying to we've been trying to hang on all season. We came in with so much hope, and then just this whole season's been disappointing. And then this trade deadline just. A whole bunch of nothing, also disappointing. Because even the trade deadline can be fun, even if you're in rumors and maybe nothing happens, nothing comes to fruition. Like it's still fun to just like be a part of the conversation and talk about stuff. Like oh, maybe this could happen, this could happen. And this whole time, it was just like it was just kind of nothing. Like there were there were a few random rumors. There was nothing big really to talk about, and then just nothing happens. And now we're here just ranting about the entire organization as we always do. It's it always just kind of like devolves into this because. I mean, what else? What else are we really gonna say about it? So just yeah, another disappointing trade deadline and a disappointing season. We got 29 games left to try to get through this. We'll obviously probably start talking about the draft coming up. We do have All Star Weekend coming up, and both both of us will actually be covering All Star All Star Weekend. So that should hopefully be a lot of fun. As we talked about last week, there'll probably be a lot of Kobe tributes. Obviously, David Stern. There'll probably be some stuff about him. Zach Levine, as we mentioned, will be doing the three point contest. Wendell Carter Jr. was voted into the Rising Stars game, but he won't be playing with his injury. Hopefully he'll be back by the end of the month. But either way, being at All-Star Weekend in Chicago, that should at least be fun to be at, even if the Bulls are not really represented well and they're just kind of a complete league-wide joke at this point and totally irrelevant. Total bummer. I got nothing else either, Ricky. Um, yeah, as always, this has been Cash Consideration Chicago Bulls Podcast. Shout-out to Blue Wire. Again, shout-out to BetOnline.ag, our new sponsor, Big to have them on board with us here at Blue Wire and the Blue Wire Network. Please go listen to all the other pods. If there's anything else that interests you across the Blue Wire Network, we got tons of great basketball co- pods. We got football pods. We got tons of other pods as well. So please go check out all those other pods. If you if you like what we do and all the other podcasters across our network, they deserve some love as well. As for us, again, Cash Considerations, please rate and review us. Give us your feedback. You come to our Twitter accounts, and then wherever you listen to your podcast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those places. Wherever you listen to your podcast, please let us know how we're doing and, and, and give us the feedback. So another tough week, Ricky. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'll see you at All-Star Weekend. So Cash Considerations, it's Chicago Bulls Podcast. This has been Jason, Pat, Ricky O'Donnell. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.